Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Amanda Pipes. She is a district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Calgary, Canada. And today we're talking about Canada's National Forest Week. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. So let's talk about your time in the woods before we start talking about nuts and bolts and how good trees are. So I've been very fortunate to grow up uh, where I have in Calgary. We are about an hour drive from mountain, the mountains and the forest. Um, so growing up, I mean, we spent summers out in, out in the cabin um, doing, doing uh, exploring, you know, digging around in the forest floor. Um, and then in the wintertime, uh, still st- staying around in those mountains and forests, doing skiing, cross-country, uh, downhill. A lot of time spent uh, outside exploring, which is which is great. We have a very big backyard uh, in terms of that for being a decent-sized city as well. So let's start talking about National Forest Week. We all know trees are good, <laughs> but how about some specifics? Well, I mean, yeah, I think one of the biggest factors is the oxygen, um, you know, that these forests force help us help us produce and absorb that carbon dioxide um keeps the earth cool and um the absorbing of the co2 i mean plants need that for photosynthesis as well but they they store that in their wood and the soil um you know and help help produce what we need to breathe uh, and live so i think that is probably one of the biggest factors of of keeping our our forest going and i don't think people understand the the amount of wildlife and pollinators and insects that are supported by by these forests and by trees in general agreed yeah um it's uh it's not just us that benefit from it i mean the the food the shelter the 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 housing the entire biodiversity really of the forest is um is something that shouldn't be overlooked um again it's not just benefit to us and uh, i think we see People are starting to see evidence of that a little bit more, especially here in Western Canada, where we've been really affected by the forest fires um, and seeing all the animals and insects and everything like that, that push out of there because of those fires, you know, they're losing their homes and, you know, they're, it's being more visible now, I think, to people and how important these forests actually are. So in your part of the country, you're also dealing with, with the fires or, or you're, or they're coming up from the U.S.? Yeah. I mean, in BC, um, the province uh, to the west of us, uh, they have had a terrible year. They've had a terrible few years this year being exceptionally bad with the drought. Um, the, we have we haven't seen rain since, you know, a week or two ago. So we get the carryover from that. But we, also in northern Alberta, we have quite a dense forest, um, a lot of fires up there, you know, Grand Prairie, that kind of area. Um, so we definitely are seeing that we're not as bad in numbers of fires as BC, but again, seeing, seeing the devastation, even driving through, through the mountains, um, you know, it's, it's there, you can't really describe it. It's very sad. So let's talk a little bit uh, about the drought where you're at and how that affects your job. 
I mean, we are seeing some weird things go on with our trees here, even in the city. Um, the drought stress, the way that the trees are combating that, we we had a very early spring, a lackluster spring in terms of moisture. So early bud development on trees and then a hard frost and just no rain. So this year, actually, too, we've um, we started to exhibit early fall in, in the end of July. The trees were changing. They're getting rid of those leaves. And um, yeah, it's just uh, you can't you couldn't water enough. Like I said, we didn't really get rain here um, to the beginning of August. And now it seems like we're getting spring in August. It's cooler and everything like that. So uh, it's very, it's been a very unpredictable year in terms of that. And I mean, so what can you do in a drought? I know if you had smaller trees, I guess you, you could water them. Right. But you know, if you've got a big giant Oak tree, do you just let it like go to its fall <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I would depend on the setting. You know, you could uh, do like a slow release fertilizer to help com- combat in times of drought stress, um, which would be beneficial if you if you have means to do that. That can be challenging sometimes, uh, depending on how many trees. But anything you can do like that, um, you know, where we are, everybody has started really utilizing those rain barrels too to account to just try and get some extra water collection when we can, um, and then just just trying to put on water even into the fall. You know, we get a little guilty up here with our colder temperatures. Everybody stops thinking about the outside around this time of year, but that ground's not frozen yet. That Those trees still need some some available nutrients if we can get it to them. So so that's, that's all about, I think, that you can do. You know, when you're growing whatever it is, whether it's a vegetable garden, flower garden, or this beautiful forest of trees, there's nothing worse than than drought conditions. Uh, it's it's so it's so depressing for people that 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 love plants. Agreed, and I mean, yeah, especially again up here in Canada, it just it takes so long to grow anything up here. We do have a short growing season, and in Calgary, we're a little bit different than the rest of the country. We get uh, Chinooks. So uh, we're dealing with that pressure change in the winter where we can go from minus 20 and then the next day it's plus 10. So everything like that um, accounts to to a lot of, of the stresses in the trees and the drought. I mean, you know, that snow that we get in the wintertime doesn't really do much for our trees in the in the springtime either. So it is about watering and monitoring, but it is, I would agree, it's, it's very sad to see, um, you know, just no rain for two months. Oh. Well, let's switch things around. Let's go back to our forest and talk about flood control. <laughs> yeah, flood control. I mean, like, yeah, as we were discussing, that's been big for you guys out on the east there. Um, you know, that just helps, the, those forests helps absorb that that amount of flash flood that you'll get into the soil, um, reducing in soil loss, um, so erosion and things like that, which is which is important for the parts of the, of, of the world that are getting um, mass amounts of flooding right now. And besides cleaning the air, I mean, trees can also clean the soil, right? Yeah, that's correct. Like, um, yeah, that's uh, beneficial when you get that toxins in the soil. The the forest floor will break that down and, and take those toxins out of that soil, prevent leaching. Where you're at, uh, you know, I've, I've been talking to Arborist. We just did a couple podcasts about favorite trees. Tell me a little bit about what you like to plant in Calgary. What are a couple of your favorites? couple of my favorites. Well, I am very partial to uh, the Siberian larch. I think that is one of the most unique trees that grow here in our climate. We we don't get a lot of options, um, but that is, 
there's something to be said for, for that fall color of the larch and when they lose their needles. Um, there's a nice trail here in Kananaskis, one of our national parks, that uh, larch trail. It's just the most golden, golden color um, around this time of year. So um, that's one of my favorite trees. And another one would, um, yeah, another one would have to be um, a, a linden really coming around to those. They're a great bee attractor, good pollinator. Um, we've had a lot of success growing those here in the last couple of years. So um, like I said, growing up here, you see your poplars, your Manitoba maples, and and that's, uh, you know, and our, and our elms. But uh, other than that, for unique trees, those are probably my two favorite. I had a friend that worked as, as a gardener at an amusement park, and they had a ton of lindens and she said when they bloomed the fragrance is just almost overwhelming right yeah it is yeah it it is and the fragrance and the sound because like i said those bees they go to town on that tree like it, it you can you can sit like a couple feet from them and you could just feel that tree vibrating. So it's a, it's, it's a pretty unique tree. And, and like I said, what's going on with the bees right now, uh, we're encouraging a lot of people to plant those. With the changes in weather conditions that you've seen over the, the past few years, is it changing your choices for what can be planted or because you don't have as many choices in that climate, does it stay the same? Uh, we've seen some changes over the last couple of years, for sure. Um, we we actually did switch zones here in Calgary, so we we're getting away with the you know planting planting some of the trees that you can see across Canada. They don't um, maybe they won't be the biggest um, you know here compared to somewhere in Ontario, um, but they're surviving. So this year, um, actually, I was at a client's house and uh, one of the only oaks that grows here is a bur oak, um, but they actually planted. Uh, a pin oak and they've they've had success with it for three seasons now so that was pretty interesting to see like I said we I've only really seen bur oaks here around Calgary in the area so uh, we are getting a little bit um, warmer I think but uh, I think the biggest struggle here for us is our Chinooks a lot of things um, don't survive because of that so what is that what is the Chinooks so Chinooks is a pressure change that comes from the mountains. So I believe there's only three other places in the world that exhibit Chinooks. So yeah, it's a, that pressure change, like it happens during the winter. So yeah, like I said, it'd be about minus 20. And then the next day you're, it's six degrees, you're wearing a t-shirt shovel in your walk. Um, so it's a, it's something a lot of people, unfortunately that aren't from here exhibit migraines because of that. But um, mm. being from here, I'm fortunate to, to not do that, but it's uh it's interesting. It confuses a lot of people that come to visit in the wintertime. That's for sure. Uh, might con- confuse some of the trees too. <laughs> Very much so. Yes. Trees and plant. Yeah. Even insects and animals, right? Um, everything. It's uh, uh, we, you gotta be, you gotta be a little strong to survive in Calgary, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite things to talk about is how, you got into your job. Why is this the right thing for you? It took it uh, took a while to uh, kind of get where I was going. I mean, I, landscaping was something that I did all my life. You know, being a kid cutting grass and and everything like that. And I decided to pursue uh, my journeyman horticulture ticket. Uh, I thought that was the best way to kind of get my hands on every kind of industry within horticulture and landscape. I realized uh, what I lacked was a lot of knowledge in trees. So I, in 2014, I took a job with, with Davy Tree here uh, as a plant healthcare technician doing tree ID, uh, you know, disease management and things like that. And 
uh, halfway through that, uh, my first year in September, we had a really bad snowstorm here. Um, it snowed for two days. All the leaves were still on the trees. So it was a very wet, heavy snow. It snapped uh, almost all of our trees in the city. And I, I just was thinking, you know, this is devastating. Like it's going to take a long time for these canopies to recover. These are old trees. It takes a long time to grow here. Um, so it really, uh, really got me focused on wanting to stay with a boar culture and learn more. And fortunately for me, found um, a good resource in Davy to do that, you know, continuing education or, um, you know, everything like that. They're, they're very big on. So finishing my Hort degree uh, or my Hort ticket and then going into um, more focusing on on the ISA start of things and, and becoming an arborist that way. So worked on crew for a couple of years and then I was fortunate enough to to get the position I am in now where I get to go and educate people on how to take care of their trees. Um so that's a very important thing. And it's kind of been a backbone, you know, presence in our company since John Davy himself. So um, it's not that people don't care about trees. They just don't know how to take care of them. So I really, really like to focus in on that. And they're just, I don't know, they're a little bit magic, I think. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your job when you do go out to educate people on their trees. I assume every day is, is different in a way, yeah. but in, in other ways, you know, you might see the same disease or the same pest coming through at the same time. So what's a day like for you? Yeah. So, so it is ever changing, um, you know, going to different properties, whether that's commercial um, in the city, out, out in the city on an acreage, uh, people are dealing with a lot of more, more pests. And, and like I said, I think people are really starting to realize uh, the value in their trees and want to start doing something about that before it's too late. So, you know, educating whether, and, you know, we get some clients that they, they don't want to, they don't want to learn more. They just want to know that their property is in good hands as well. So, so that can change. Sometimes we do, we go and we show people how to prune or what to look for, you know, monitoring being the most important part, taking a look at your trees and noticing changes. Cause sometimes those changes you notice a little too late. Um, so that, that varies every day for me is something different. And then working with my staff, um, very talented group of arborists that, um, they do some things out there where, you know, they teach me things every day. So every day is different. And that's, uh, that's big for me. You know, how often should a homeowner that has a lot of trees on their property have an arborist do a safety check? How often should that be done? I would say annually, um, especially if they're not, um, you know, really attentive in doing that. Um, there's, there's no harm in having somebody come out. And, and once you're, you're doing that annually, though, again, those changes that, you know, you might not notice right off the hop, you, you just have more eyes on those trees. Right. So uh, I, I think annually, especially if you have a lot of trees and especially if you have a lot of trees of the same species, because we are seeing that a lot around, um, you know, in our acreage area and the prairies that surround Calgary going to the East, um, you know, everybody's planted the same type of tree. So once they get, get something going on with them, uh, you're potentially talking about losing all of your trees, depending on what's going on. Well, that's been a, a common note that has been sung with most of the arborists that I talk to about not planting all the same things by mixing it up and, and talk a little bit about that and the importance of that and, and, and the fun part of that too. You don't want all the same thing. Uh, it, it, you know. Yeah, that's right. And I think people like, again, here with few options, 
you know, trees are, you know, it's costly to, to put trees in the ground and you want them to succeed. So I think people get kind of lost in, in what we can just grow and be very successful and get kind of afraid from going into a different type of tree. Uh, but again, yeah, you need, you need that mix. You need that variety because one pest to wipe out your whole trees, like you can be on a property for 20 years and you remove all your trees. What are you going to do? Right. So I think that education, it stems from us, but it also stems from, you know, nursery growers and things like that, that we need to be pushing when there's mass installs, a diversity within that, within that planting. All right, Amanda, I'm going to finish up with one more question. Just tell me a little bit about the satisfaction that you get out of spending time with customers, educating them, but more more importantly, telling them, hey, believe it or not, that tree is going to be okay if we do this, this, and this. Yeah, you know, I think that's it. When I first started doing this and and meeting clients, uh, I'll never forget, I had this one client where she called me to the property and said she thinks that her her tree is terminally ill. And, you know, the way that people talk about their trees and love about love their trees and they just don't know. So if there's something that we can do to educate them and show them how to take care of it and that we can potentially, you know, correct some of the issues that are going wrong. um, I think that's where the satisfaction comes from is uh, being able to sustain what people have. And also, you know, having them look to the future. Uh, Maybe they have an old tree on an old property. Uh, Let's talk about starting to grow a new tree, uh, trying to take down that tree eventually. You know, I think that's where just the overall people are are just really happy to to learn, I find, and um, are thankful for the help in that. All right, Amanda, thanks so much for all the information. Enjoy Canada's National Forest Week. Thanks, and you're headed you're headed out uh, for a little vacation, huh? I am, yes. Lucky enough to go to Tofino out on Vancouver Island all next week. So we'll be playing in those in those forests. It is supposed to pour rain, but <laughs> after the summer that we had here, I'm not even mad about it. Um, it should be it should be awesome out there. See some banana slugs. I don't know if you guys have those out there, but uh, yeah, it, it should be a good time. All right, thanks again. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Banana slugs, huh? I've got enough trouble in my garden with just the little slugs. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Hey, do me a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. It's fun. Can't wait for next week as we're talking about salt-tolerant trees. Some good ideas for planting now before winter arrives in some tough places, too. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.